<laughs> okay. Well, I have this uh, great privilege, I think. Uh, our first speaker going to give the split sermon. And uh, I think you all know him. I'm not sure, but after all these years, I hope you know, know him. Anyway, he's going to be talking about, in his split sermon, Philip in Samaria. Um, you know, I, I find it really interesting when, you, when we talk about the apostles and uh, the evangelists, uh, how they all died for the sake of God and his gospel. Uh, the day may be coming when we have to. So maybe we can learn something from Philip here that we will need to know in that day when it comes upon us to give us that split sermon, Mr. Steve Andrews. Well, greetings to everyone that's here today. And um, you know, we don't really observe this time of the year. Um, God has set the first uh, of the year in the spring. Uh, Passover, Days of Unleavened Bread is uh, his time. But it's pretty hard to ignore it this time of the year when the, at midnight somebody in the backyard is firing their weapons <laughs> and the, everybody else is firing uh, gunshots out there. And, and so, and, or fireworks. And so anyway, I, was, I don't normally like to talk about Resolutions, because I'm pretty bad at resolutions. I, I have a really difficult time keeping up with my own resolutions. But I think of, of all the things that we could do is, uh, is to look at the, the Psalms on a daily basis. And the reason why I say that is that I was listening, you know, last time I was up, I was talking about how I'd been listening to uh, First and Second Kings, and first and second chronicles, and in one of those they were talking about uh, setting up the temple and setting up all of the different things and all the uh, all the names that come out and how they were all organized and uh, and how that the, each in, uh, individual uh, areas were set to praise God. And one of those areas that they and I think it was either Hezekiah or Josiah through their, their, their priesthoods, with making this decision. And the decision was that every day they were to, to praise God through David and Asaph's psalms. And so I thought I would start this one off. Uh, my, uh, since this is uh, the 31st instead of the 30th, I've got mine all the way through the 30th. So I am reading uh, yesterday's uh, psalm, the 145. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might 
of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy uh, goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great of great mercy. Go to the next page here. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all that fall and raises up all those that be bowed down. Thy eyes of all wait upon thee, and you givest them their meat in due season. You openest your hand and satisfy the desire of your living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto you, unto them that call upon him, and to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, and he also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all of the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and yet all flesh bless the holy name forever and ever. And they were to pray these words of Psalm, of the Psalms of David and Asaph on a daily basis and bring those uh, things to God. And so we also, in our own study and different things that we do, we could take those psalms. And if we have a hard time praying sometimes and finding words, go to David's psalms or go to Asaph's psalms, and they're there. The praise is there. They're, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. Anyway, I, I happen to turn over to Acts, the eighth chapter, and most of us are very familiar with uh, the uh, Acts, the 8th chapter, in which this individual called Philip ends up in Samaria and has a, a great and uh, powerful message that brings about uh, the conversion of a lot of individuals in that area. And so, uh, and when I got to thinking about it, for all of us here, uh, this is just a little exercise in going back to Scripture and proving who Philip this Philip is because Philip was a very common name at that particular time. It was not just um, one name, but there were, uh, even in Herod's family, I think there was a Philip. There were, uh, you know, Philip, uh, the one that I wanted to turn to is in Matthew, the 10th chapter, because we know of a Philip that was a disciple of Jesus Christ and was called, and I'm not going to what I really want to focus on is Acts, the 8th chapter, but I, want to, I wanted to, to, to bring us up to this point, thinking about the, word, the name Philip, and see if we can figure out at the end who this Philip particularly is, because we're talking about, um, when we find out here, these are the 12 apostles, the, the 12 disciples at the time that Jesus had called, and one of them was named Philip. So beginning in verse 1, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast out 
um, to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the name of the twelve apostles are these. First, uh, Simon, uh, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labaius, whose sure name is Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So we were given those names, and Philip is one of those in that. So we go to Acts, the first chapter, and we find out that these are all the way come down. And of course, we know by the time that that has happened that Judas has already betrayed Jesus and um, hanged himself, so he's not a part of this anymore. But we find out in the 12th verse of Acts, the um, first chapter, now they were, <coughs> after Jesus had talked to them and was ascended up into heaven, they returned to, Ju to Jerusalem uh, from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went in into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Barthi uh, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And of course, then Matthias was chosen as the twelfth uh, um, apostle. Uh, that's the, the verses there. So I want to skip now uh, to to, um, to chapter six, where we find in here a different Philip. <laughs> so we have now the the twelve apostles, and one of those apostles is is Philip. So here we we come into to a different set of circumstances. And what I've been thinking about is actually coming up with a uh, sermon on the 14th, uh, a little bit more of, of church history as we progress down through, because the church was beginning to be very persecuted, as we heard from Matt's sermon, uh, and it even had to go underground for quite a while. Uh, the persecution was so strong and so, uh, so devastating and what actually came out and what became the universal church was nothing like what was originally, uh, you know, what Paul was preaching and all of the disciples were preaching and, and bringing the, the truth out. It was totally different. And there was a lot of inc incidents in which they began to uh, change things so that it was not the same. They were... There was a lot of warnings in the scripture about that. So let's, let's continue to read here now in Acts, the sixth chapter. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was uh, multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hel uh, Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily uh, distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, and whom we may appoint over this business. Uh, but we, we will give ourselves a continuing prayer and in the ministry of the word. And of course, and the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, 
a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, um, uh, Prochorus, um, Anichor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, uh, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had been prayed, they laid hands upon them, and then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were, or, um, were obedient to the faith. Now, <laughs> notice what they were set aside to do. But God, <laughs> in his wisdom, can make a difference and can change things. And he says, oh, uh, here is Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, powerful individual. And you read Stephen's, um, he stands up against these, um, the Pharisees and the different ones that come against him. And he preaches this powerful message. And at the end, he even says, I see God. You know, and they stone him. You can read that all through the book, the, the chapter 7. And it, it's a, it is a very powerful message that he brings to, to these people. And it, it really is uh, condemning in every way. And, of course, then we find out that Saul, who later became Paul, who Christ struck down <laughs> because of what he'd been doing, and he, he admitted that he was out to destroy the church of God. That the, you know, the, he was out to destroy the, those that were believing in Jesus. And so you can read all of that. But I want to skip to... Um, to chapter 8, because I want to focus on this, in, this interesting and profound thing that happens here um, in chapter 8. It says, now Saul was consenting uh, to his death. He was consenting to, to uh, Stephen's death. At the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout man carried Stephen to, the, uh, to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church and entering every house and dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. So, whoa. Um, Saul was, was a very dedicated individual trying to destroy this, this new thing, uh, Jesus Christ. And of course, Christ comes and, and uh, stops that. But... Therefore, uh, uh, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So this scattering helped to preach the word. Now, sometimes, you know, these, you're, you're gathered, you can be scattered and actually get more done sometimes. And this, this, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, for anyone that uh, knows a little bit of the history of, of uh, this area, it was at one time the ten tribes of Israel in which God became very angry with them, to say the least, because they continued throughout the time that they were there to worship idolatry. They actually had two golden calves in two different areas, and they were just totally idolatrous, and he would send all kinds of powerful men to get them to change, and they just would not change. And so God finally 
got so tired of it, he had the Assyrians come down and take them out of that land. Well, what was put in that land, what was put back in there, were many different individuals from this area, from the Assyria area. And so the Syrians now were in, in Samaria, the Samarians were not uh, of that ten tribe. Maybe some of them might be, but not very many of them were because these were individuals that were brought in uh, from Assyria and from that area, from all of those areas, and they migrated into that. And so when uh, this individual, Philip, came in there, this was powerful. The Jews had nothing to do with the, Syrian, uh, the Sumerians. They, they knew who they were, and they, would, and they turned their back on them. But God, through his wisdom and through the power of the Holy Spirit, took this individual and brought him into this area. And here's what he said. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing and the, uh, the uh, miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there were a great joy in the city. And so when you read that, you think, wow, this must have been one of the apostles, one of the, the original disciples. This Philip, powerful. We already know that Jesus had given that power to the disciples before to have cast out demons and to preach the word and all of this. And so you, you think, wow, this this must be one of them. So, uh, so you, you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, this is very interesting. Um, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery. So that's why they call him Simon the Magician or Simon Magus. You, if you go and look at the history, you'll find th that name um, quite a few times Simon, because he was a sorcerer in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming he was someone great. Uh, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. So he must have been doing all kinds of miracles or false miracles to impress the people. Um, and, and they heeded him because he had astonished them and with his uh, sorceries uh, for, a, for a long time. So he'd been in, embedded in this area, and he had had a, quite a following. And so when Philip came in, this was, this was very interesting. Um, and things began to change. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the, the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria uh, had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John uh, to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For they yet had, for, uh, for, for yet he, he had, fallen, uh, not, had fallen upon none of them. Uh, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw, through the, uh, saw that through the laying on of, of the apostles' hands, 
the Holy Spirit was given, he offered money. He offered money. Can you imagine that? The free gift of the Holy Spirit, the power that is there. He offered money. Saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. And so there's a, I guess there's a saying, a simony, that's the money people. I'm, not, I'm all right, but uh, I could probably use it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Actually, I've got a whole bunch of bottles in there if I just use one. He said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. This individual probably would, would form that, um, uh, that which would be against the truth. Um, he, he was very, very wicked. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that, um, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel of many villages and of the Samaritans. So, Philip has done this tremendous stuff. He's been preaching and teaching, and here we come to the next phase that he's going to do. And this is quite profound. Now, an angel of the Lord, I haven't ever had an angel of the Lord <laughs> appear before me before. This would be, I think I'm way more startled than anything. Um, Philip seemed to take it in stride. <laughs> Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under uh, uh, Candace, uh, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So, man, run up, get up there and get with it. And, and so he did. Then Philip, uh, then the, uh, so Philip then ran to him and heard him reading in the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him, and the place of the scriptures which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? 
And then Philip opened his mouth and began, pre, uh, be, uh, and beginning at that this scripture, preached Jesus to him. So it's quite profound that you can find Jesus in the scriptures very easily. Yes. Now, as they went down to the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And just from just this little instruction, the power of the Holy Spirit was working. And you can tell just by the scriptures reading here that it was working. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now this is very interesting. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So, this was a very powerful, very profa- you know, profound um, miracles that he was doing. And, and, and just, <laughs> God was working with him. The Spirit uh, was working with him, and the angels were helping him out. So, this particular Philip was a very interesting individual. So he ended up in Caesarea. So here we're going to find out who this Philip is. And I think everybody here probably knows. But for those that maybe are not real familiar with this, that are tuning in, it's been very interesting. And it's a very interesting study to to kind of be able to to sort out the different names. Uh, By the way, there's all the individuals in the Bible, names of individuals in the Bible that you can buy the book. But... It's also wonderful to go and, and really discover this, the, these things on your own and, and come up and really grasp what God has, has put into his word and the power that's there. Um, and so let's go to uh, Acts, the 21st chapter, beginning in verse 8. Um, actually, this, uh, let me see if, there was a lot of journeying here. And the, the ones that were journeying, let me see, make sure, I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna, just going to pick it up here in, the, in, verse, uh, in verse 8. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea. Entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. So it's very interesting that this was not one of the apostles. This was Philip, who was one of the first chosen of seven. So Stephen got martyred. Philip went to Samaria to preach and ended up back at his own home. And so it left five to, to do the work that was, was set aside by the, the apostles. But God had a plan for these two men. One of them sacrificed his life. The other one did mighty works for God. Mighty works. And he was ordained to serve tables. 
is. Look what God did with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And then I'm not going to go on, but I just, you know, you can pick that all up. You can uh, take that on through. And what I would like to do next time, when I have a sermon time to, to do it, was there's some very interesting things that happen later on to completely change the uh, face of what originally was the uh, Jewish observing type church. They went to the synagogue and different things, but as they, things became more and more difficult for them to go into the synagogue, they began to go into different um, Paul then began to, to separate them into, into congregations, into churches, and set aside pastoral things for them to do. And we've, we've got the pastoral epistles to understand that. But down in the, the history, many things happened to cause this truth to be buried and to be um, you know, hidden. Thankfully, in the last you know, many, many years, this truth has been available, and God has been calling many to this way. So study your word, and that would be a thing to do this year, would be to study harder and understand God's word deeper, uh, and come to better understand it so that if we have to stand up to those that, are, that might come against us, we will be better prepared.